Hello, this is Michael Melfi, and welcome to the Be Investable podcast, a series where I speak with innovative individuals who share their insights about what it means to be investable. And today our special guest is Christy Whitman. She's appeared on the Today Show and the Morning Show. She's also worked and been featured in People Magazine, 17, Women's Day, Hollywood Life, and Teen Vogue, among many other. Today she's going to be on the show talking a little bit about her academy as well as some of the books. Christy, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. So pleased to be here. I really appreciate you uh, joining us. And, I, you know, some people will, will hear the words celebrity coach and right away they want to know who are you coaching. I'm, I'm assuming you can't share who you're coaching. But I, I, my question would be for you is how did you get into coaching? How did you get into being part of a, being a transformational leader? Oh, it's a great question. You know, I was going through a lot of transformation in myself, and I was really accelerating my understanding of working with the universal laws. And I had one of my, my very first book that was downloaded through me, and I, I just followed my guide to get the book uh, published, and followed, you know, contact this person and ask her how to get a book published, and so I did. So I got my book in the hand, my hands, and my parents and friends and family members and coworkers all bought the book, and many of them were not a target market <laughs> for that type of book. Yep. But so I started speaking in spiritual stores and in churches. And while I was in the spiritual bookstores, I was taking people through processes, and they were loving it and asking if they could continue with me through coaching. And my frame of reference back then for coaching was like a football coach or like a cheerleading coach. I had right. no idea there was this thing called life coaching. And I was blown away when I found out about it and how many people, you know, don't do well with it and how there isn't a lot of proper training out there and, and all this stuff. So I found some really great, amazing training, and which ex- completely accelerated my ability to coach and to know what to do and what not to do. And, um, and then I started my own certification program in 2008 called the Quantum Success Coaching Academy. Awesome. And you, so for the last decade, you have been helping individuals with their, their growth and success, whether it be your programs, your seminars, or your speeches? Uh, probably over the past 15 years, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you have over, you have a couple hundred thousand people a month who are, are who you're reaching with your message, right? Yeah, I feel so blessed about that. That is Very so cool. so awesome. And you've had the opportunity to work with or be featured alongside Dr. Wayne Dyer, Louise Hayes, you know, Brian Tracy, the name of Abram Hicks. This is an amazing group of people to be around. Is there one lesson or one nugget you got from those that you would be willing to share with our, our listeners? You know, every time I am with, because I'm in the group Transformational Leader, Council. So, I mean, some of the best, like people that I used to read their books, like John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and, you know, the amazing Jack Canfield and the Success Principles and, you know, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. To be able to be friends and hang out with these type of people really just helps elevate me. And so I feel expanded. I feel home when I'm with mm. them, but I feel expanded in their presence. And that, to me, is just completely invaluable. You know, what I, I just a conversation that I had with, like, Cynthia Kersey going back from, you know, Hawaii from the hotel to the airport changed my life. Mm. You know, so it's it's just these small conversations, having that level of awareness and consciousness that most of them, you know, go through and and the work then or work that they do to be a luminary, it's remarkable. And I feel grateful to be in their presence. Well, that is awesome, and, and it only it only is indicative that being around that type of audience, you've written some really amazing books. The first one I want to dive into is The Art of Having It All, A Woman's Guide to Unlimited Abundance. Want to share a little bit about that book to our listeners? The Art of Having It All, yes. 
that book was based on an inspiration that I got because I had a media person tell me that women can't have it all. And so I was a little upset to hear that. People are, women are, you know, arguing for their limitations. I don't think anybody's ever asked you, Michael, or, you know, you guys out as a, a, a group of guys that, can we really have it all? You know, it's like men, men are just asked that question. It's not a debate for men. But for women, it's like there's this big thing on, should you choose, you know, career or should you be a mom or can you do both? And, you know, and if you do both, can you really do both well? And, you know, can you really have it all and have it all at the same time? Or do you have to have it separately? I mean, there's just all this stuff about women choosing what they want in their lives and going for it. So for me, it's like getting above the, oh, the having it all, you know, bubble and just deciding what would you love in all aspects of your life. And it's an opportunity for women to ask themselves that because a lot of times they're just doing what they think they're supposed to or what they've been trained to do or, you know, how everybody else would be pleased if they did this. And so to stop and ask yourself, you know, I'm in my 30s or I'm in my 40s or I'm in my 50s or beyond or earlier, you know, what do I want for my life? What do I want in my body? What do I want in my finances? What would be what I love in my career or in my relationships? And then know that you have the power to create those things. I'm going to save the next question till your next book. So let's hop ahead, and I want to ask you a quick question. Can you give us a tip or a, a little sneak peek of what is the art? Like, is there something we should be doing or could be doing that would give us the uh, give it at all? Yeah, it's just really getting clear on you know what you don't want because a lot of times we're focused on what we don't want. We're we're really clear. I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to get stuck in traffic. I don't want to <laughs> date a guy like that again. You know, I don't want to fail in my business. We know what we don't want. And so it's important to then shift and focus on what you do want based on that contrast. So if, if you don't want to get caught in traffic, what do you want? I want smooth, open roads of friendly, courteous drivers all around me. You know, I, I don't Sounds want to gain weight. To I <laughs> want to stay. Yeah, right? Well, it's possible. I can, t- I can tell you stories. So many stories, literally intending. And people would go, that's impossible. Like intending that I wanted smooth, open roads. And the first time I did this, it was when I was speaking 15 years ago in one of the bookstores. And uh, I would drive from Redding, California to Sacramento. So it was about a two and a half hour drive on a Friday night. And it usually was full of traffic. And before I would get in my car, I would say, okay, my intention is to have smooth, open roads with courteous drivers all around me, courteous and kind drivers all around me. And I would see my path from my house all the way to the, to the store just filled with light. And Michael, it was crazy because I would get in my car and I would see lights up ahead, you know, like everybody's stopping, but yet I would never slow down my car. And then I would look around and there would be nobody around me. There'd be cars like far behind me, nobody to my side, but all this sea of light that would be in front of me, which I never caught up with, <laughs> which for me doesn't even make sense. <laughs> That's right. even possible, right? So, and even in last August, I went on a, um, I had to drive from San Diego to LA and I got right into LA and realized that I left my jewelry in the hotel room safe in San Diego. So I had to turn myself around. It was a Friday night in August going from San Diego, or sorry, yeah, from San Diego to um, LA. And it took me like two hours, same thing. I saw a sea of lights, but I never had to stop. I never got caught in traffic. And I just got there in like two hours in just total flow. So it's, it's, I don't know how it happens, but it's possible when you intend and you believe and you just focus on what you do want. Mm. 
And so some of our listeners, I'm sure, are listening and saying, well, I, I can't see how I can have it all. I have, a, I have a job or I have this or I have that. I have these all these restraints and these beliefs around that. What is your advice to someone who just, you know, they don't have the time to have it all? Well, having it all is not about, you know, filling your life up so full that you don't have time or that you don't have the, you know, you can't appreciate it. Having it all is just deciding what would be, what would you love in each aspect? So maybe having it all in your career is working less hours instead of working a lot of hours. Maybe having it all is working less hours and even making more money. And there's part of you that goes, well, that's impossible. Really? (laughs) Is it? Because this is a totally unlimited universe and the potential for what you just thought about, thought of, was given to you by your divine, by something bigger than you, by something totally beyond your personality self. But the personality self looks at that and goes, I can actually work less and make more. Yes, that is a possibility. And then the personality goes, well, how? It's impossible that nobody does that. I mean, no, you know, people that that make money, they work really hard and they work long hours and da 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 And that's where all the spiraling of the programming comes in. And, you know, it's, it, we're so, we live from our imprints, mm-hmm. and those imprints are stuck energy, those imprints literally create what we attract. So, I appreciate that. You've had a lot of success from, from your books to the people you've been around to the appearances you've made, and it sounds really great. Were there moments when it was challenging, or whether was there one moment that was just like, man, this is the defining moment for me as you look back on your career so far? Not really. For me, it's always been, I'm committed to honestly just serving the light and that's where I'm at and for years it was about other things it was about you know becoming a New York Times best-selling author remember that when that day happened you know I was that was a big goal it was a big vision of mine it was a great accomplishment and when it happened I actually went into a depression after that because it was like I just got to the pinnacle of what I thought you know and I've had different points of that in my in my career as a coach and an author all right and you have another book came out taming your alpha bitch and uh, this is interesting. The title is, is interesting, and I'm sure I got some of my listeners to peek up when they heard that just now. And, and when I read about this, I couldn't help but, but think that, you know, your one book kind of applies to entrepreneurs or, or people that are more entrepreneurial or self-employed. And this one talks a lot about, about being able to overcome glass ceilings and achievements and whether it be personal or professional. I just thought it was really interesting, the, the title you chose and, and how you went about describing this book. Want to talk a little bit about what that book's about? Yeah, it really is about, it's written with a co-author, Rebecca Grotto. That book is about really looking as, you know, 25 years at that point when she, when she was a therapist, 10 years being a coach, looking at a lot of women and saying what really holds them back. And so we found that there are four areas that hold women back. And one of them is being very competitive with themselves, comparing themselves, you know, creating drama and being kind of a bully and controlling. So there's different aspects that really hold a woman back. And if they get beyond, you know, like instead of being competitive, for, exa- for example, if they were inspired by other women, if they were, instead of comparing themselves, if they could cooperate and collaborate with other women, it goes a long way. And you're coming at it from a very different energy and a very different perspective, applying, you know, universal laws to what you do want instead of focusing on what you don't want. And even, for example, being controlling. You know, a lot of women, a lot of men too, but a lot of women are very controlling because they're in fear. And that fear has them wanting to make everything just perfect outside of themselves. And it's just a very, we're, we're still attracting from that place of fear, from that lack that's coming from that fear. And so when we can just address that, 
and we can release and process the fear and, and look at it. Is it real or is it imagined? Where is this fear coming from? Just even, you know, connecting with the emotion inside of us and, and just being curious about it. We see that there really isn't anything to fear and we can therefore be allowing, applying the law of allowing. And the things that we then do in our lives, the steps that we take, everything is a lot easier because there's not this huge boulder of resistance trying to push us back. That's great. Thank you for that. And so, I mean, obviously the, the book seems to be more focused to females and femininity. Is there is there a certain amount of knowledge and insight that a, a male reader could take away from that? Or is there really kind of a target market to that book? No, you know, both the books are written for women. But both of the books and all of my teaching, I'm actually having a new book coming out in September called Quantum Success. And it's the seven essential laws for, you know, to create a really thriving and joyful and prosperous relationship in work and in money. And so this book and all my other books, all my other teachings is universal. So it's for men and for women. When a man is controlling and he's not allowing, the same rules apply. When when he's being very competitive and comparing himself and, you know, getting pissed off that, you know, Joe down the street just got a Maserati and he can't afford one, instead of blessing someone and being happy for someone in their abundance, which brings more abundance to you, you know, it's a very lower level energy in comparing and feeling jealous and envious and those type of things. So men do these behaviors as well, but the focus was, especially in that during that time with my work, is, is focusing on the issues that really arise a lot in women. And obviously the art of having it all, you know, it just, it made me mad. When I was told that this women can't have it all and that um, women should just choose and, you know, either stay at home with the kids or go to work and or, you know, do this or that, it made me angry because nobody has the authority to put limits on us. And why should we be all arguing for our limitations when we are abundant people? And, you know, our lives can be abundant if we just believe it to be. And so arguing for our limitations and having people writing books and, and things that women can't have at all, it really is just coming from a place of lack. And I needed to, I needed to state the other aspect, the other polar opposite of what is possible when you believe that you can have it all. And, and again, not all at the same time, not all at once, because my having it all, my definition was totally different now than it was 10 years ago. And it's probably going to be totally different 10 years from now than it is right now. So we change and we morph. As we change and we morph, you know, our, our desires do. And it's okay. And we can redefine it. But to give ourselves the power back to listen to our own heart instead of what everybody else tells us that we should want or what is what we can or cannot have or what's limited or possible. You know, we need to be the ones in our lives that determine that. And it, I know you alluded to that there's the, the laws of the universe that you touch on in the next book. I noticed, uh, I noticed from your website, you had a couple of them listed, the law of attraction, the law of allowing, the law of pure potentiality, the law of oneness, the law of balance and harmony, and the law of sufficiency and abundance, which they all sound amazing. Is there one that sticks out for you or is there one that leads the rest or, or how do those work? You know, all of them are important, but the one that I find is the most important law and that if everybody could just learn this law and apply this law, all the other ones fall into place. And it's the key, I find, that really is the most transformational, and that is the law of sufficiency and abundance. And so I, I need to explain this a little bit because it's not just the law of abundance. It's the mm -hmm. law of sufficiency and abundance. And most of us are programmed, we're imprinted, we're raised, we grew up in 
lack and limiting thought. And whether it was about ourselves and the way we thought about ourselves, like I'm not enough, you know, I need to prove myself, I need to please everybody, whatever the manifestation is of that belief, it's coming from lack. And lack always feels bad. So that's how you can know if you're in lack or if you're in abundance. Lack always feels bad. Abundance always feels good. And our natural way of being, our natural state, our the 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 part of us that breathes us is always in that place of abundance. That's why there's so much discord between, you know, when we're thinking thoughts of lack, we feel horrible because we're not in alignment with who we really are and what's really possible. So, you know, it's that's a really important distinction is that lack always feels bad and abundance always feels good. And how you feel about any subject in your life, whether it's money or relationships, your weight, you know, whatever it is, how you feel about any subject is your indication of where you are. I love that. You know, when I hear the word abundance, or listeners will at least, you know, sometimes we really quickly attach success to that type of, of word, whether or not they should be or not. I know there's a difference. I guess I would, that would be lead me to ask you for you, what is success at this point in your life? How do you define it? Well, success for me is a lot of different things, but it's having harmony and laughter and everybody getting along and coming from kindness, especially in my family, being able to have that cocoon of light around me and having those that I love, you know, laugh and enjoy each other and, you know, communicate from kindness and that sort of thing. It's having a a business that I love doing, that when I work and what I'm doing in any aspect of it, it doesn't feel like work. It's just something I feel blessed every day that I get to do. And having a team that supports that so that I can just show up and do those things, that, that is huge success. For me, having, you know, success is having the finances to be able to choose, to be able to say, I would love to go on a cruise. I would go, love to go to this trip or, the, you know, I'd love to go to, to this country. I'd love to experience this. I'd love to live in this type of house. I'd love to drive this kind of car. You know, so for me to be able to have choices, not based on can I have, do I have the money for it or can I afford it, which anybody that ever says I can't afford something, you need to shift the language. You know, tell yourself to choose not to buy that at this time or that it's not a financial priority but anytime you say hear yourself saying can't especially on money it's really important because language is important it has mm-hmm. a vibration it has a meaning with inside of ourselves so success for me is is really that sense of having freedom and choice and love and you know flow in my life awesome so the the last thing i wanted to ask you about was and this is the be investable podcast so i have to ask you when you hear the words be investable what does that mean to you well, that I, you know, I was actually going to ask you, what do you mean by that? And I'm glad that you asked me that because I could go <laughs> one of two ways. Like mm-hmm. me thinking being investable, it's like you're invested in your life. You're full in your life. You're fully present. And, you know, your life force is completely coming through you. It's, you're just, you're there. Like the all of you is there. Mm-hmm. So there's one aspect of it. And then be investable is, you know, be willing to be, to invest in yourself and to invest in your learning and to invest in your healing and, in co- you know, invest investing in coaches, reputable coaches, and that really have a track record of helping people because, you know, they can elevate you, mentors can elevate you. And, you know, if you feel that that you're blocked in some way, you can invest your time, your energy, your money, whatever it is, into changing your circumstance or your situation so you don't have to be victimized by it. I think that's great. I I love asking that question to our guests because for everyone, it is a little bit different. And I think that's part of the point of that question is that there isn't per se a right or wrong answer. But if you look at the series of answers that we do get, 
they have some common themes to them because at the end of the day, life is about creating value for others. Life is about being able to make yourself, make your company. You know, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, so a lot of times they worry, look at it from a company standpoint, but it's really about themselves. And when you make yourself investable in your life, you make it such that people are willing to do things with you, be involved with you, be a part of what you're doing, to share in your vision, to support your vision. They're willing to contribute resources to what you're doing. They're willing to take the time out of their lives to give to your cause. I and mean, that comes from creating value. And you have to be able to have the right attitude, skills, and knowledge in order to be able to do that. And so, you know, I, I love hearing the different answers because they all kind of allude back to that that core belief around what it means to be investable. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Best of luck on your your next book that will be coming out shortly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Michael, and thank you for listening, and I hope you are taking something away from this that was of value for you. Awesome. Well, once again, you're listening to the Be Investable podcast. And today we had Christy Whitman on. She is a transformational leader, a celebrity coach, and the New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All, A Woman's Guide to Unlimited Abundance. Until the next episode, be investable. Well, there you have it. The latest episode of the Be Investable podcast. Until next time, stay investable. In the meantime, check out our magazine by going to www getinvestable.com forward slash magazine and subscribe for a free issue. Additionally, you can find more great content through our amazing media partners such as Cranes Business Detroit, Huffington Post, Michigan Business Network, Mishapreneur, Smart Hustle Magazine, and Startup Nation. Thanks again for tuning in and we look forward to talking with you soon.